I'm Pam Rogers, an attorney and a staunch Republican. I'm Mara Dolan, an attorney and a lifelong Democrat. And this is Going to Spirit, Politics and Crime with Pam and Mara. We may disagree on many subjects and topics discussed on this show, but our mutual respect for each other, our common experiences and the work that we do keeps us together. You may think you know the whole story, but you need to hear our rapid fire opinions from both sides. We aren't afraid to go there. We're going to spare it. Welcome back to the Going to Spare It podcast with Pam and Mara. I am your host, Pam Rogers. I, attorney Pamela Rogers, I'm attorney Mara Dolan. I am a lifelong Democrat and you're a staunch Republican, aren't you? I am a staunch Republican. Yes. It's interesting that you should mention that because it is sort of the basis of our show, Mara. It is. And it's, you know, this is nonviolent political communication. We respect each other. We, you know, we we may have differences with each other. And with our guests, it's all good. We still want to know what they have to say. Exactly, exactly. And today we have a really good friend of mine on the show. His name is Matt Mayberry. He is a political activist uh, here in New Hampshire, as well as a very committed public servant to community service. He's amazing. So we have a really interesting conversation with him coming up. So why don't we just dive into it? Let's go. Matt, hi. Can you hear us? Hello. Hi, Matt. Today, hi, Mara. Nice. Oh, to so meet. nice to meet you. Welcome. Okay, so today we are joined by a very good friend of mine. His name is Matt Mayberry. He has been a real estate agent and broker in New Hampshire for thirty-five years. He has extensive experience throughout New Hampshire. Uh, he is also the executive vice president of the New Hampshire Home Builders Association. Matt is a very active citizen in New Hampshire. He served on the Dover City Council and the Dover School Board. And in 2021, the Dover Chamber of Commerce named him their Citizen of the Year. Hey, that is amazing. It's, uh, a, town, it's a town of three people, so it's <laughs> easy to win. It rotates. We're gonna we're gonna get it someday. Finally got it. Um, so he has also volunteered for the Salvation Army, the Dover Soup Kitchen, and end the 68 Hours of Hunger in mm. 2019. Governor Kristen Nunu named him chairman of the New Hampshire Human Rights Commission. And in 2020, Matt, who is a very active Republican, ran for Congress in New Hampshire's first congressional district, where, as he says, he successfully finished second. You did. You did, Matt. Uh, Keeping his promise to serve his country, uh, this Air Force veteran created prayers for prevention. This event is held the first Sunday in May, where area churches pray for the end of suicide. Currently, over 100 New Hampshire churches participate in this. He has also created Wreaths of Hope, which honors over 2,000 fallen patriots by placing wreaths on their grave sites. Wow, Matt, you really get 24 hours out of a day. You really, you ring it. Matt, and and I've just got to say, thank you so much for your service. I really appreciate all of that. Thank you. Um, I joined the Air Force because I wanted to improve my golf game. So it Did it work? Really, it worked out really well. Um, if you talk to anyone who's served, you know it's you know the Navy and the you know, Marines and you know the Army. They you know they do bases strategically. No, the Air Force flies over, finds a golf course, and they'll build a base around the golf course. So okay. <laughs> it works out well. That's a good system. One stone. Exactly. 
amazing. That is amazing. Um, Matt, first of all, you are so philanthropic. Um, I obviously, we're friends, but I also follow you on Facebook and I see how active you are with the community, but what sort of drives you to get so involved to help people? Absolutely. And, you know, again, you know, Mara, thank you, Pam. Thank you. Um, I grew up poor in Maine. I'm not rich now, but I, when I grew up poor in Gorham, Maine, it was one where the Kiwanis Club brought Thanksgiving, the Lions Club brought Christmas. And I never forgot that, you know, others helped make my life easier. It was hard growing up with a father who was an abusive alcoholic. He's been uh, sober now for coming up on 50 years. Yeah. So, you know, good for him, great for him, um, but hard nonetheless. And there was an adult, and her name is Ann Fry. She's since passed, but she saw that little kernel of that little seed inside of me. And she kind of helped nurture it. She got me involved in politics. She got me involved in community service. Um, and a lot of it growing up, if I had to be brutally honest with myself, was a good way to avoid what was going on in my life. If I was always busy, that means I wasn't home. If I was always busy, no one would ask me why I didn't have a girlfriend. I'm too busy to date. I, I got stuff going on. Um, you know, I you know, did a lot in high school, carried it through. Uh, joined the Air Force because it was a way for a low-income individual to get out of that cycle. Growing up, my parents, their career goal for me was to work at the post office because that was a really good job. It is a good job. It is a good yeah. job. Um, but you know, it, it pays benefits, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, or the second was to work at the paper mill. You know, that's what they knew. Their, their sphere was like this. You survive. You find happiness where you can, and you just survive. <laughs> One thing that, you know, and Pam and I have talked about this before, is that most people lead lives of quiet desperation. They're one or two paychecks away from being evicted, losing their home, um, having major disruptions. Most people can't write a $500 car repair bill right now. It's, it's hard. It's that quiet desperation. And I just refused to do that. It just, I just wanted more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not rich. I live in an 852-square-foot condominium that I own outright, but it's mine. I just want to give back because I see so many of me out there. It's a really long answer to your question. Good thing this is 45 minutes. No. It's, a, it's a good answer. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, it's a great answer. And it is like your backstory that makes you who you are today, right? We all have these backstories that makes us what oh, we yeah. are. But you are, I mean, you are always doing so much. And I, I see when you, um, I see the photos from when you go up there and put those wreaths on all of those graves. And it's usually some horrific, you know, rainy, cold, horrible day. And you are still out there. You're still enjoying yourself. You still bring a huge group of people in to place the wreaths on the graves of fallen soldiers. And I really, really appreciate that. I come from a very long line of veterans all the way back to the Revolutionary War. I have wow. six different fathers who fought the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 and the Civil War. So I 
I totally appreciate it because sometimes I think that we forget our fallen soldiers and then they Thank just you. Leave. But it, it, and I want to say that's that's true of me as well, Matt. I also have ancestors who were in the military on both sides of my family. Going back to the Revolutionary War, my late stepfather was a lieutenant colonel in the Marines. My father served in the Navy uh, during the Korean War. And to to know that you are there remembering those folks, that means a lot to all of us. Thank you. No, but thank you because it's, it's one where, and I talk about it, so far we've placed 8,000 wreaths out there mm. in total. Mm. Um, and it's, well, and yes, you know, God likes to smile and rain on my parade every single year. Um, but, but it's amazing because people come out. I get more volunteers when it's in clement weather than I do on a nice day. And no one bitches. No one complains. They're just like, what can I do? What can I do? How can I do this? Uh, because at the same time, we're honoring the veterans who you know, made the sacrifice who are passed. It's actually the families that pay the higher price because I volunteered. I'm the one who said, I want to go do this. It's the family who said, what are you doing? Where are you going? It's the spouses. It's the kids. It's yeah. everyone coming through. It's, it's one where, you know, but there are always stories about this. And um, I want to try to honor the whole family because when one serves, everyone serves. Even today, for a firefighter, for law enforcement, for active duty, the military, the entire family serves. And you, one thing I heard from a, um, a law enforcement spouse was, I never really go asleep, go to sleep until I hear the door unlock. I know uh, he's home. Now I can go to sleep because you're always waiting for that phone call. You're waiting for that car to show up in the driveway. Um, so the, the entire family serves. And one story that always stuck with me is my first year of doing the Reasons of Honor was, you know, I wear this you know, orange jacket and I'm out there putting little orange flags and I'm reading and I'm talking to every single headstone because you have to read them all to find them. There's no chart. There's no map. You have to do the footwork. And so I'm out there doing it and it's kind of dusk and across the way, a couple rows over. There is this, take the typical wait, stereotype you have in your head of a mountain man biker. Beard gut, leather jacket, big beard, leather baseball cap. And he is making a beeline directly at me. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> and that was not the first where I said, this is not going to be good. And he comes across, he's like, hey, what are you doing? Like. Um, now, my typical smart ass answer was, well, we're going to be installing cables so they can get better Wi-Fi service. But you know, I feel like, ah, let's not go there. Good move. Yeah, I told them I'm you know, identifying the um, markers of veterans who have passed so that should it snow, when we come back out two weeks before Christmas, we can find them. Um, and so he said, can I tell you a story? Of course. He said, my older brother was killed in Vietnam. Mm. And when they brought him home, my parents didn't want to put on his gravestone that he was a, a veteran, but he died in the military, died in action. Because that was a time in which people were desecrating, putting graffiti on headstones. 
They were literally spray painting baby killer on headstones. He goes, my parents didn't want that. He goes, so my brother, after I'm gone, no one will know that he served. No one will know that he served our, our country and died in Vietnam for our country. He goes, is it okay if I have one of those little orange flags? Of course. And he goes, um, he goes I have a favor to ask of you. I'm like, of course. He goes, can I get a hug? And he just started crying. She said, thank you. He goes, this is the harp. This is the part that, this next sentence is the one that, because I've heard it so many times. I now know that when I'm gone, someone like you is going to remember them. How can I bitch and complain about freezing rain? Oh, Matt. Yeah. You can't. That is a beautiful story. It really is amazing. And it's amazing work. And we all can't thank you enough, honestly. Yeah, but, but thank you. And so I think we're going to, I think we're going to revamp it for this year, actually, because it, it is profoundly expensive. I have to raise about $30,000 every year to mm. cover it. To cover 2,000 wreaths. Yeah. yeah. So what I think I'm going to do is in October for Veterans Day, we're going to take some 8-inch by 8-inch by 12-inch flags because you can get them for like $1.75 at any building supply place. And, and it's also the time in which the groundskeepers stop mowing the uh, cemeteries. They're getting ready for fall. So my thought is for Veterans Day, all around the state, and I'll send them to people, go to your local cemetery, take a walk around, and put flags in front. Because those flags will last for the entire winter. And then in spring, go back and pick them back up again um, so that you know, people can mow and do that stuff. But all winter long, when people drive by, they can see exactly how many veterans. Are in there, and so for a hundred dollars, you can do an entire cemetery. Um, so you're going to hear more about that. Um, it's one where I want to try to um, expand it out to the state, and just have people sign up. Like, hey, I'll cover Greenland, I'll cover Stratum, I'll cover Mount Vernon. Perfect. This is New Hampshire that we're talking about for listeners yeah. just tuning in, right? Yeah. This is all, but there's also nothing that says that. You know, you can't do this where you live. You don't need me to direct you. You know what to do. That if you live in Maine or Vermont or anywhere, um, you know, just go to the local, you know, building supply place, buy the flags or buck seventy-five, and take a walk through the cemetery, and say hi to them, say hi to their spouse, you know, and just you know, put the flag. Be consistent where you put it, and then. Just say thank you. That's great. That's beautiful. Really it's beautiful, Matt. So in our show notes, you'll be able to see all of Matt's social links. So you'll be able to link your, you know, if you want to talk to Matt, you want to get involved, you'll be able to find him on social media. We'll have the links on there for you. Except my Twitter account got hacked. Ah. I've, you know, 12,000 Twitter followers. And I'm like, so... I'm trying to negotiate with Elon Musk of like, can I get my account back, please? Yeah. yeah. If you gave it to Trump, you can clear out my hacking. So let's go. Yeah. Come on. Go get him, Matt. Yeah, exactly. It's you now you send the note and you just beg. You hope yeah. some 17 year olds like 
fine, fix it. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Matt, you know, I mentioned that you ran for Congress back yes. in 2020. And I was lucky enough to have you at my home back then. And, and you got to talk to all of my neighbors and you were fantastic. But tell us, like, why you decided to run for Congress. Like, what were some of the issues that were, like, burning inside of you that you said, I got to run? And this Absolutely. was the first congressional district, correct? Yes. This, yes. Okay. This is the seat that's held by Chris Pappas? Correct. Okay. Correct. Democrat Chris Pappas. Okay. Yes. And it's one where, you know. And you and, ran as a Republican. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and Mara, don't let Pam fool you. Yeah. It was, I was kind of going door to door and Pam's like, hey, come by. And next thing I know, I am like in a polo shirt and shorts and a little sweaty. She's like, hold on. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I have like 37 people coming over in about 15 minutes. Uh, so I'm not surprised to hear this yeah. about him. So not, like, not in the slightest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that was literally like 100 degrees and humid. Like, I was like, there is no way we are walking door to door in my rural community. <laughs> yeah. So she brought all the mountains to Mohammed. Like, let's bring them all in, um, which was great because it was like, Hi, thank you for coming. Do you want to drink? And they all dissipated and started drinking and became just a neighborhood party anyway. So it was fantastic. Nice. nice. Um, but but Pam just moves mountains instantly. Um, yep. But I, um, I said, I'm a veteran. I happen to be gay. And I actually left the military service because it was back in the day where Don't Ask, Don't Tell wasn't in place. Mm. I would have been dishonorably discharged mm. for something I couldn't control. So I left that. So I always had that kind of weighing in my head of that, you know, this isn't my plan. The plan I had in my head is not working. Right. You know, I don't, I didn't want this. Um, and so um, came through and had some issues when I got back and was seeking therapy because I had considered suicide. And the story does go somewhere. I had considered suicide. The notes were written. I knew how I was going to do it. I was going to ram myself into a median strip um, coming out of the um, personal traffic circle. I knew exactly the, I knew the pillar I was going to ram myself into. And I came down there, came whipping around that traffic circle. It was like two in the morning. No one was around. Um, you know, I'm clocking at 90 miles an hour going. And I'm doing this and I'm crying because I couldn't see a way out at all. And God took my hand and just moved the wheel a little bit. And I went past uh, the pylon cone. Um, and that's when I knew I needed help. And I'm pretty fond of telling people there are six words that are the most powerful words in the entire English language. The first ones are, I love you. The second set of three is, I need help. Often harder to say than really any other words. I need help. So I got the help I needed. And I was going through a, uh, to a therapist in Barrington, you know, through the VA. And she said, you know, we need to stop. Um, to, we need to move you to private practice because the VA hasn't been paying their bills and they are practice almost $80,000. And 
they haven't paid in three years. Mm. So we're not taking any more veteran clients. Mm. She goes, and the really the hard part is, she goes, is that you know we have four veterans who really need this help and they can't afford to do it private pay. And I thought that was just wrong. It is wrong. I I contacted Congressman Pappas's office. You know, and I used to work, I worked for the White House. I've worked for governors and senators. I know the political process. I know the politics of optics. And I had said, you know, congressman, you know, through a staff, you have four veterans who are going to be denied their access to mental health care. You sit on the appropriations committee of the VA. You're the chairman of that committee. Get your butt, not the word I used, to New Hampshire drag the VA with you with an effing checkbook and pay these people. This is four out of a state of 1.2 million. How many other practitioners were not getting reimbursed for mental health care? It's hard enough to make a guy get a decision on what to have for dinner, let alone to say, I need mental health care. And so they said, yep, we're on it. Okay, followed up. Well, we wrote a strongly worded letter. And I said, like, well, what are we doing? Well, Matt, we have to go through the proper channels. F that. You can either make rules or follow rules. I like to make rules. Like, F that. I'll create my own channels. Done. I'm in. I was working with Bill Binney at the time. I walked in and said, I'm running for Congress. This is wrong. This has got to be correct. This is bullshit. The whole, like, a strongly worded letter. No. So I went out and privately raised the money for those veterans and, you know, told my therapist, tell them they go up the next year for free. Just show up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to run. It was because of four veterans who were going to lose their access to mental health care. Because I knew how important it was to me and how I became healthy from that. Um, and I just thought that was bullshit. The government works for us, not the other way around. Um, so it gave me a chance to you know, meet people, get a message out there, network, learn, learn a lot. It's, um, you know, my opponent, you know, came up from New Jersey and dumped a half million dollars on my head. Yeah. Kind of hard to overcome because, you know, Pam had helped me and others. I had raised more money than the last two GOP candidates combined so in new hampshire was doing great moving right along covid covid came that kind of you know dropped its you know lead balloon on our head um and a half million dollars changed the course but god had a different course for me um you know i i lost but what it did though was it opened up the opportunity for you know Good friends and you know, and Pam and I spoke about this after after I successfully came in second, got the silver medal um, in a Republican primary. But another opportunity rose up in that the Stratford County Meals on Wheels was having an issue with COVID. Remember, this is two thousand. This is you know, COVID is shutting down everything. We don't know who has it. How are you going to get it? How are you going to die? Right, because you ran in twenty twenty. Correct, and so. Um, a lot of the older volunteers didn't want to go deliver meals for Meals on Wheels because they either didn't want to contract COVID 
or they don't want to give it to someone. So I'm that little gladiator champion. I'm like, oh, I'll do it. So I took my Nissan Ultima and cleaned out all my crap from it. And I'd load up with meals. And during that time, I delivered 3,000 meals. And one thing, I'm a huge fan of Meals on Wheels. Because it's not the food that counts. It's that human interaction. It is. You know, that, that volunteer is often the only person that recipient speaks to all day. It is. And Matt, I just want to touch back on something you said when you said, you know, you, you, you had ran a successful campaign that came in second. I think any candidate who gets out there and talks about the issues with voters is doing an incredible service for our country. So I think that more folks need to look at campaigns that way. I completely share that perspective. That was a successful Thank campaign. You. Think of all the people that you talked about the issues with, how much awareness you raised yeah, and the community that you were able to create. Um, and I was very, I was very direct as to why I was running. You know, it wasn't the whole like, wave the flag, you know, the, you know Democrats are going to burn this down. I'm like, no, government is broken. This is a, this is a customer service job. You know, you know, we all talk about, you know, what, you know, members of Congress do and they have voting records. But when it really counts is when, and this has happened since, um, you know, I'm the executive director of the New Hampshire Home Builders, and one of my builders said, we're at the airport. I didn't realize my 13-year-old needed a passport to go to Aruba. My whole family is coming down. I need help. Right. And I called one of the congressionals, because I, I know that system, and we were able to get them a passport the next morning and they were able to get it the next night. It's when you don't get that your Medicare check or your social security check, or you've got a problem with the you know EPA. When government gets in the way, that's the real job of a member of Congress. Get them out of the way. Um, okay. so I yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Pam, it was Pam was breaking up. I couldn't hear what you were saying. So when Matt, when you were at my home yeah. and your spiel. You you talked so much about mental health and you were mesmerizing to my neighbors. I mean, they left there in awe of you. They were so inspired. They felt your pain. I have a, a neighbor that was a doctor who really connected with you because of deficiencies in the mental health system. But I, I did want to mention, because you and I have spoken about this a lot before, I suffer from very deep depression and anxiety, and I have my entire life. Um, as a teenager, I started using alcohol to ease the pain of that depression. Um, I got sober at 25, so I'm 28 years uh, sober. But as a young person, you know that's what I did to kind of survive. That's what I did to ease the pain of the depression. Um, I still suffer from it today. Most people who know me are like, what, Pam? You suffer from happy and laughing. And it's like, yes, I am. But sometimes that is just to mask the interior pain that we feel. So I know that I, you and I share that experience of sufferers of, of mental health issues. Um, and I also suffer from suicidal ideations at times. And I understand when you were like, I had my note written, you know, this is what I was going to do. Trust me, over the years, I have a 
book and I've written in my book about what I'm feeling and what I plan on doing and what I want to say to people. It is real. It is a real thing. Now, luckily, on a daily basis, I completely function. You know, I'm, I'm, I go to my job. I'm great. You know, I help my neighbors, my husband, whatever. I'm totally there. But it is something that I suffer with internally um, that comes and goes. And it is really hard. So I think when people like you and I say, this is what we suffer from, it allows another person to say, oh, so do I, you know, like, or someone's willing to stand up and say, this is what they're doing. So thank you for bringing it forward. I also want to bring it forward because I think it is important for our community and people to understand that very normal people suffer from these types of, of issues as well. Oh yeah. You and I did it. And you know, it was kind of like you too. Like it was like, because we break the stereotype of who they think it's, we think of someone just cowering in the corner crying all day. No, you know, often we help so many others because we're, we can't find a way to help ourselves. So let's deplete. Oh, go ahead, Mara. I'm sorry. No, the two of you are absolute heroes. I am stunned. I've known Pam for 20 years and I only recently learned about this. I never would have guessed. It's so important that the two of you are sharing this. Um, I, I certainly had dark times, but not like what the two of you have described, but um, I have two sisters who have, have suffered um, one of whom passed away from alcohol, which was, I'm sure, related to times when she was depressed and it killed her. So it wasn't wasn't suicide, but it was depression that led to alcohol, yeah. which led to an early death. So it's and it's chronic and we've got to talk about it all the time. You just like we say on this show, Matt, we say. You know, your adversary could turn out to be one of your best friends. Guess what? One of your best friends could turn out to be someone who's suffering, really suffering from depression. So oh. I think I thank both of you. And I I just want to listen. Absolutely. And it's one where, you know, when I was vice chair of the Republican Party for the state of New Hampshire, I went to 300 events in a year. Um, and I did my little, like, exit address. So there's 400 Republicans up there. And took a deep breath and said, I want to kill myself. And I said, now all of you can no longer say you don't know someone who wants to die by suicide. So it's me. And, and so it was amazing. What the, you, know, you get a room full of politicians. They just never shut up. It's like, a, it's like 10 lawnmowers going at the same time. But couldn't hear a pin drop and people came up to me and someone who's very prominent, all of us know this person, came up, hugged me, whispered in my ear, I had a gun to my head yesterday. Mm. And you wouldn't know. So, you know, it's, you know, some of my friends are like, stop talking about this. I'm like, no. No. Because, you know, just, just, you know, in politics, when you get sick of hearing the message, that means people are just starting to listen. And I talk about, you know, you know I, well, especially when I talk to veterans, but really anyone, 
It's like, give me one more day. That's all I ask, just one more day. Um, and it's, you know, find that happiness. It's not in a bottle. It's not in a needle. It's not in a pill. Um, you know, except a glass of wine is pretty good once in a while, though. You do get kind of thirsty. But, but alcohol is a depressant, too. So folks need to be aware that alcohol can absolutely, if you if if you don't have depression, can cause you to become more depressed. If oh, you do have depression, can be. Absolutely. I just have to put a little sunshine into this very... You know, into this little cup. Well, and I wanted to yeah. ask you, too, um, about being a gay Republican and yeah. wanted to share with you um, that my father came out in the early 1970s um, wow. when mental illness, when, when homosexuality was still considered a mental illness okay. and was a crime. And I remember, you know, I was like 11 or 12. I remember what it was like in those days. Wow. I remember when there was no path to a normal, healthy relationship for people who were gay. It didn't exist. It does exist now. There are challenges, no question. We have a long way to go. We see particularly attacks on the transgender community um, and the LGBT community as a whole. But I wondered if you could share with us what it's like to be a gay Republican, because it's part of the democratic platform. Marriage equality is part of the democratic platform. And we don't believe in discriminating. It's not part of the Republican platform. But you're a Republican and that's important to you. And I respect that. So I just wondered if you could share what it's like to be a gay Republican. Imagine 400 people getting constipated all at once. That's me walking into a Republican meeting. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God, man. He's here. They all freeze. They all freeze. freeze. They all get get constipated instantly. (laughs) There's a gay man in the room. I exactly. Good for you, Matt. Yeah, and so it's kind of like Daniel in the lion's den, but it's you know a lot of the tenants of the Republican Party of you know. Let's get this out very clear for everyone listening and watching. Democrats, Republicans, and undeclareds all love America. We're all patriots. One isn't trying to sell the other. One isn't trying to burn a flag just to piss off the other person. We all love America. It's how we get there. Um, so, you know, that basic tenant that we are all patriots. But, you know, strong defense, strong law enforcement that, you know, pull yourself out by the bootstraps. All those things appeal to me in the Republican part. But I call out the hypocrisy. It's, you know, why do Republicans keep yelling about we want government out of our lives, we want it out of our business, but we are going to tell you who you should love? This is my question. I know. Um, and, and Pam's so, nodding her head for people who are just listening. Pam's nodding her head. <laughs> um, I've always, I've always, I've been a, when I was a state rep, which was over twenty years ago. I was a pro gay marriage back then when it was not yeah. a subject that. <laughs> Or one even wanted to talk about. Yeah, of course, you, know, you were. Right. You know, life life is hard. If you can find a bit of happiness, grab it and hold on to it as tightly as you yes. can. Yes. Because it's fleeting. Who are we to judge? Who loves who? Yes. Um. So my and my next question for you, Matt, is that I see this as something that has to change over time because if you look at when I was a kid. The, the statistics was, the, we only talked about people being gay. That's it. There was no LGBTQ. It was just 
gay. And even bisexuality was considered sort of a cop-out, that that wasn't a real thing. Nobody thinks that anymore. But um, when I was a kid, the statistics was 2% of the population was gay. Now with Gen X, 20% of Gen X identifies as LGBTQ. That is an enormous shift. So if you've got that part of the population coming up, I would think the Republican Party is going to have to adapt. Well, sometimes, you know, don't forget, you know, a portion of that's probably doing just to piss off their parents. Um, because that makes it kind of fun. Um, but because we've we've all been 14 once. Um, but yeah, and it, it does, and it, you know, by having a prominent, you know, I'll call myself prominent, but someone who's not afraid anymore to talk about this. Um, let's back up. I lost a job because they thought I was gay. Mm. I lost housing because my landlady thought I was gay. She never saw me with a girl. Mm. And she didn't see me with guys either. She's like, I think something's wrong with you. And I think you're gay. You need to admit that to yourself, but not on my property. You have to leave. Wow. She gave me two days to get out. That's crazy. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for all who think it's just, you know, sunshine, roses, and all puns intended, rainbows, it's not. There is active discrimination against people. You know, it comes through all the time. Um, quick story, I did a giant home show. So here I am. I'm knocking on the door, 60 years old. I happen to be wearing a pink sweater because when I do big events, and I've run gun shows before. So, you know, I've done the whole spectrum. And I was with uh, one of our vendors, and he said, pink, why are you wearing pink? Like, so people can find me. He's like, well, you know who wears pink, don't you? Like, no, who does? He was like, those fellas. Oh, my God. For those who are just listening and not watching, he just did the limp wrist gesture. A really offensive stereotype of the LGBTQ population. I am so sorry, Matt. Oh, don't be. Do not be by any means. Because I kind of leaned forward. I said, you know, I'll leave out the first sentence I told him. But I said, pack your shit and get the F out. Oh, bravo. He's like, what? He goes, I was just joking with you. Like, bad joke. Don't quit your day job. Get out. Oh. Way to go, Matt. If, if you do not leave now, this faggot will move your shit for you. <laughs> Good. Yay. Um, That's the well, money quote. That's the well, money quote for exactly. the whole show. Well, we had it at a gun sh- at a gun show once. That is brilliant. And you know, one of the, the gun vendors talked about, you know, um, you know, those um I'll just say it. Um, this, this is a podcast. It you know, the faggots and dykes will never come into a place like this. I just kind of looked at him. I let him finish. I'm like, by the way, a fag is running the show, <laughs> owns the show. I said, so. I said, what do you want to do now? And he was like, like, yeah. like, don't fall in the stereotypes. Matt, I can't. I honestly can't believe. I can't believe that in today's day and age, people still say those things or or think those things. Like mm-hmm. I. I just do not understand it at all whatsoever. Like I just, I would just think in today's society that people would just be 
I don't know, more loving or accepting. I, I guess I'm naive. I, I, no, 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 not naive at all. It's, but it, it's one where, you know, you know, you know, Pam, you, you've been in court. People fall into stereotypes really easily. You know, it's one where, you know, if I'm not worried about what people are, are saying, because they can say all the right words. I care about what they're thinking. If they say, well, he's a gay male. Okay. But in their heart, they say faggot. I'm much more worried about that than I am what people say. And so I think as we come forward and continue to break stereotypes and educate people, sometimes with a velvet glove, sometimes with an iron fist. Um, the, the gun dealer, um, you know, apologized profusely. He was embarrassed. Um, and we became very friendly after that. Um, he actually became a big fan. Um, the, the dealer who I kicked out, well, we have lost that business, but that's okay. But the other people around who heard knew like, take no crap. When, when I go talk to our equity partners, because I also did help run vaccine clinics during that time. So I learned about underutilized and underserved populations in New Hampshire, our equity partners. Um, as I go and talk to the equity partners, I'm like, if you feel that you are a marginalized demographic of New Hampshire, and you don't think you're going to get a fair shake, make your own way. Go start a small business. Go be a contractor. Go be a builder. Go be a plumber. Because I can guarantee you, with my 500 members of the New Hampshire Home Builders Association, from the calls we get, the population, they don't care how you identify, who you sleep with, what you wear. All they want to know is, can you come fix my sink? Can you put that deck on for me? And can you get the job done, please? We don't care. Um, and so I think it's one where you know, part of it as I go is if you feel you've been marginalized, broaden the margins, take control of it. If you know, I've never went to college, Air Force guy, went to work for the White House, went to, you know, I've done lots of things in my life. And because I asked, so all you gotta do is ask. And you know, I need help. Matt, you're really, you're living, you know, what a great Democrat, Shirley Chisholm said, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I do with the Republican Party. It was just like, um, you know, it was Jennifer Horn who called me and she was looking for a new vice chair. And I was getting all these names and she said, you're just silly. She said, I'm calling to ask you. So stop talking. (laughs) And like, okay. And I, I changed a few minds. But if, if nothing else, Mara, my presence in the room changes it. Well, your presence in this room has changed a lot today. That's for sure. Absolutely, Matt. I, you, are, you are so well-respected in the state of New Hampshire by everyone, not just Republicans. I mean, you, you have established yourself in so many different ways through your uh, you know, community service, your service to our state, you know, the people in your specific community in, in Dover um, representing the gay population. You really, you, you break barriers 
and you are vital to our community. And I know you're going to keep going in the future. So as a New Hampshire citizen, I say thank you because you're, you're a great guy. You're a great citizen. And we loved having you here on the podcast. It was so great to talk to you. Thank you. you did. Thank you so leave, much, Matt. Can I leave two sentences? Yes. Okay. Because I don't want anyone to try to keep up with me. Because thank God for no sleep, Adderall, and caffeine. I'm good to go. Keep going. But everyone who's listening and watching, if you do one thing, open the door for someone. Look at a clerk and say, thank you. Amazing what the words thank you can do. So you don't have to try to like do vaccines and do 8,000 reads and go run around the state. A simple act of holding the door for someone, a simple act of saying thank you. When you go through and get your coffee and they know your order, instead of giving them a dollar, give them two because your tip is their rent. It makes a difference. We can all make a difference every day just by saying thank you. So, ladies, thank you, the listeners and watchers. Thank you. Go get it. Go conquer the world. It's easier than you think, I promise. Thank you so much. Matt Mayberry, everyone. So, Mara, that was an amazing conversation with Matt, wasn't it? Yes, it was an absolutely incredible discussion with Matt. Um, Just to hear what he has to say about his life, the way that he's lived it, the challenges he's faced, how he's dealt with them, and really kind of responded to his challenges by doing community service. It's really incredible. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He really is a, a role model um, for everyone to look up to because he is, if he is not working his job, he is performing some type of community service. He is just an amazing person. He's a great guy and he's fun and he's funny. And um, as he said, and, and he and I talked about, we had really bonded over our mental health struggles And Matt and I both feel that it's really important to be open with people these days about our struggles, because I feel like a lot of people live in the shadows or they're embarrassed or they don't want to seem, you know, strong or, you know, like whatever it is, people just hide. And I hid for a long time and I don't want to do it anymore. And I know Matt doesn't do it anymore. So we want to talk. I was, I was really moved by the things that you said about yourself and your own experience. And I do appreciate your bravery in in speaking publicly about that because I think that it does help people. And it certainly helps me understand you. And I and I want to. And you know, so I think it's um it was a it was a really very moving conversation all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, you know, it was one thing that um we touched on about him being a gay Republican. Yes. That but and he kind of joked around about it. He told a few stories, but the reality is, is that Matt is so well respected by everyone in the Republican Party here in New Hampshire. So he is, he, I mean, he is indispensable to the party. He is, he's always volunteering. So people really do love him and we're very grateful to have him as a member of the party here. Yeah. And I really appreciated him talking about his experiences being a gay Republican. It's something that you know, I've wondered about how how the LGBT community, because there are members of the LGBTQ community who are Republicans and how and how they deal with that. So I really appreciated both his comments as well as his courage around that. So good for him. Absolutely. And we um in our show notes, we will have a link to Matt's socials. 
So if you want to get in touch with him, whether it's to buy a piece of real estate or whether it's to get involved in any of his um, volunteerism, you can contact him there. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. That's fantastic. And we would love to hear from you as well. You can email us. Let us know what you think at pamandmara at gmail.com. And please subscribe to this podcast. We're on all podcast channels. Wherever you listen, we are there, whether it's Spotify or iHeartRadio, wherever it is, we're there. And you can find us on social media. Just look for at Going to Sparrow on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. It's been a fantastic show. And wait till you hear our next guest. That's going to be a fantastic show, too. That is. Looking forward to that. We'll have a great weekend, Mara. I will. And you too, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Mara. You know that people are constantly complimenting me on my beautiful hair color and my youthful-looking skin. I tell them that not only do I work with a really talented master hair colorist, and a super experienced aesthetician, I use Monate hair care, skin care, and wellness products. Monate products are naturally based, reliant upon natural sources for their key ingredients, unique formulas, and proven benefits. Monate considers it their duty to protect their source, which is the beautiful world in which we live. I love these products so much that I decided to sell them so that others can enjoy their amazing benefits. Check out my store at PamelaRogersESQ.MyMonate.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-R-O-G-E-R-S-E-S-Q dot M-Y-M-O-N-A-T dot com. The Monate movement encompasses not only innovative hair care, skin care, and wellness products, but a genuine dedication to helping others build beautiful lives. Each month, I'm going to be giving away an amazing Monate product. So go to our website, which is goingdisparate.com, join our mailing list, and a lucky monthly winner will be selected. Again, you can check out my Monate store at pamelarogersesq.mymonate.com. See you guys soon.